Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 didn't punt. This essay doesn't exactly fit this book. On its surface, it's a simple lesson in semantics. I already told Brendan that he had everything that needed illustrating, and my project manager, Brittany, is going to tell me that it just won't fit into the flow of things. She didn't, by the way. I don't care. I have to say it, and I think it goes deeper than semantics. Sure. Maybe you had the crux dialed in. It felt really good in isolation, And then you fell there. I'm not sure if you're aware, but that's where you're supposed to fall. It's why we call it the crux, the hard part. That's the point. You didn't punt. We came up with the term red point crux because it's another form of crux, a hard section when it's encountered starting from the ground on red point. That's where you fell? I'm sure it is. That's the point. You didn't punt. Okay. Maybe some of you actually don't know what the word means, or maybe you really do care about semantics. For you, we'll take a look at the word punt as climbers have adopted it. Verb, punt. Third person present, punts. Past tense, punted. Past participle, punted. Gerund or present participle, punting. In American football, kick the ball after it's dropped from the hands and before it reaches the ground. He used to be able to punt a football farther than anyone. Of an offensive team, turn possession over to the defensive team by punting the ball after failing to make a first down. The Raiders could get nowhere with their possession and had to punt. Notice the last usage here. Turn possession over to the defensive team. When you're on a red point attempt, you are the offense. The route is the defense. You don't get to where you need to be, so you're forced to turn the ball over, to punt. But it's not that simple. If you make the same mistake two or three times, you punted. If you get to the easy section that you rehearsed over and over and you fell because you got excited and went to the wrong hold, you punted. But some falls, some failures, aren't punts. They're necessary. Red pointing is a process. It's an ultimate success built on the backs of many failures. Oftentimes, those failures are exactly where we're supposed to be. So you climb through the crux, which you worked at length, and then wasted energy through the next sequential section, only to fall at the red point crux. Yeah, that's exactly where you're supposed to be. You got your first down. You moved the ball. You learned something. Now you get to try again. You didn't punt. My name is Toby Halloran and uh, I'm a climber from Australia. Been climbing for uh, 17 years now, I think. Um, yeah, live in the Blue Mountains with my partner Amanda, who's here next to me. You're you're pretty you're pretty quickly, Tom. Gonna have to put Olympic athlete on your resume all the time. <laughs> I, I wondered if he was gonna say yes. it, and I figured if he didn't say it, I was gonna have to say it. For him. <laughs> it just seems awkward to say. Well, I'm I'm but saying yeah, it for I'm you then. Qualified. 
qualified for the Olympics this year, 2020, 2021. That's the technical terminology yeah. is qualified for the Olympics. I think once you've been to the Olympics, you're allowed to say Olympian apparently. Got it. And get the tattoo. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Could be my only tattoo <laughs> that I get. But anyway, yeah, Amanda's here. Enough about me. <laughs> uh, I'm Edwards, Thomas' partner. Been climbing for 20-something years, a long time. Live in the Blue Mountains with Tom and our daughter, Audrey. Uh, work as a sports dietitian, climbing dietitian. And what else do we do? Have a podcast like you, um, Baffle Days. Talk about Australian climbing. All the funny numbers we use for climbing, 29, 28, 30, 31, that kind of stuff. Spend ages trying to translate it into American grades. Yeah. Um, and your business is Thrive, is that right? Yeah, I've never, I've never loved the name, I have to say. But yes, it's Thrive Nutrition and Dietetics. It'd be better if it was like, I don't know, Red Point or Crush It or something like that. But yes, it's Thrive Nutrition and Dietetics. And I actually work with climbers all over the world. So um, it's pretty fun. Do you really think it would be better if it was called Crush It? <laughs> Maybe. It might, Let's be might honest in... here. <laughs> Maybe Crunch It. And, you know, it's... <laughs> I don't know. I lie awake at night sometimes wondering what I could change the name to and then I just think, think about rock climbing instead and keep the name. Well, and, you know, I met you both in Australia when I was there, um, spent some evenings at your house, hanging out with you and a lot of the, the rest of the community there. And, you know, I, I said it while I was there, but I'll say it again. I, I so appreciate the hospitality that you all showed as well as the community that you're a part of there. It, it, it's exciting to be able to travel all the way around the world and immediately feel like you're part of a little crew. Um, so thanks for that. <laughs> it was pretty cool. We'll have to make you some more Mexican. I think we made you Mexican, Australian Mexican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, proper gringo Mexican. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm in. The cool thing about the little communities, and Lander kind of sounds the same, and like small communities centered around rock climbing makes it feel like a, a real family kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's always fun when someone new comes in and you get to kind of show them around. And I think it's pretty easy to forget how good you have it in your own little space because you just get used to it and when you see someone else come in and they get psyched on it it's like a good little reminder like wow we've got it pretty awesome here so yeah absolutely and you know that's one of the things about the book that's been really fun too is that after taking the australian tour and spending the time over there we had so many people from australia buy the book um and I've talked to so many people. I recorded with a, a couple of guys um, from the Sydney area um, for one of the chapters. And we've just talked to so many people after that tour. Um, it's really interesting how the internet has brought us into this much larger community of tiny little communities, you know, added together. And you guys are carrying the book at Baffle Days. Um, so if there's anybody in Australia wants the book, it costs a fortune for us to ship it over there. And who knows if it's going to make it. Um, but you can get it through your website at Baffle Days. And it won't include the couple of bonus things we've got going on with our specials right now. But it will save you a lot of money in shipping to buy it from you guys. 
yeah, you get the special lessons that you've put in there. Exactly. And that, that's the main part. So, <laughs> and a little yeah. bit of Blue Mountains on yep. the, um, the sticky bit that you have to lick to close the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <clears throat> Not guaranteed this... we're 100% COVID free. there there will never be guarantees of that again i think (laughs) this chapter um for me was it was one of the last chapters i wrote Uh, a lot of these were essays i'd written over the years on my blog um and this was sparked by hearing a client of mine talk about how he had punted falling at the crux of a route that he was working on and i'm like I like words. I, I love, you know, investigating the meaning and how words are used. And when he said that, it bothered me so much that I immediately wrote this chapter. And I wasn't exactly sure why it was important to say that. And thinking about it today uh, in preparation for this, it occurred to me that it's because when many of us get into this red point process, trying to send a hard route, we, we kind of go, um, we let autopilot take over and we're like, this is the next step. This is the next step. This is the next step. And if you start saying you punted when you fell at the crux, um, when you fall at a place where it's normal to fall, and then you just go on with your autopilot, when you actually do punt, when you actually do make a real mistake, that's your fault then you just tend to let it go on autopilot instead of internalizing that lesson and realizing I need to do something about this so that I don't make this mistake again on the next route or on the next attempt or whatever. Yep. A hundred percent. I think that that's such a, I, I enjoy that kind of investigation of words as well. And that psychology around climbing. Mm-hmm. And I think that so many people, are. um, I don't know, for want of a better word, sort of lazy or, or um, yeah, I can't think of what it is, but just not as deliberate, I guess, with their words and meanings. And I think that that yeah. subtly kind of comes into your, your mind. And as you say, you end up getting on autopilot and, and putting um, bad practices into your climbing. And I've always thought that every single climb that you get on is a, is a learning opportunity. And if you're open to it, there's the lessons to be learned. And especially on red points and on sites and that sort of thing, when the, the um, I guess, uh, the drama is a little bit higher, the tension, mm-hmm. the sort of, yeah. So I, I really like it. And I, I've had a lot of opportunities in the past or a lot of um, situations in the past where I've classically called it a punt. I actually wrote a blog post several years ago called A Punting Life for Me about all the routes that I'd punted recently. Because <laughs> <laughs> of all the routes that I'd fallen off the top of and stuff. And it's just like, yeah. But I, I learned a lot of lessons in retrospect. Yeah. So, yeah. I do, I do think it's pretty interesting. I think it's interesting to see at the cliff um, the natural reflectors and, um, and the natural non-reflectors. I mean, in, mm-hmm. when you do a degree in nutrition – one of the things you have to do is a reflective practice, which is um, if you're a natural reflector in life, having that amplified can be a bit difficult because um, then you're at the shops and you're reflecting on why the lady looked at you sideways 
and uh, that's not necessarily something you need to reflect mm-hmm. on. But you know, at the cliff, I've I've been red pointing a route with um with someone, and and they'll get down, they're like ah ah, it'll just it'll go one day. Oh, my calves are too big. You know, like there's right. there's sort of, but it's not a true reflection on what's happening and whether it's a punt or not a punt. And then I think the ability to get better quicker is um takes longer. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, part of it is just taking responsibility for for whether you have control over what happened or not, you know. Um, it's such an important distinction to make. Tom, since you wrote a blog post about the punting life, <laughs> can you tell us about one of your most spectacular punts? Um, yes. And you're both you're both high level climbers, um, so I think this will be important for people to hear that, you know, even when you've qualified for the Olympics, someday will be an Olympian. Uh, you can still punt. Yeah, yeah. So, so one in particular is probably one of my most, uh, yeah, fond memories of falling <laughs> off the top of something. It's um it's a rip called Little Empty Boat down just in our backyard basically. It's probably 40, 45 meters long. Um and I don't know, it's thirteen C to get up to kind of halfway and a good rest, and then probably something like um fourteen B to the top, very consistent, probably thirty to forty degrees overhung. And then you top out on this kind of Fontainebleau-esque mantle to top mm. out and get to the finish. And it's amazing. And uh, I'd slowly gotten higher and higher progression over a few days and was just really enjoying that linear progress. Like that's the most fun part about red pointing is when you have just linear progress. It's like, mm-hmm. and Suddenly, I get up to the final couple of moves. It's very pumpy, and I get up to the top mantle. Never fallen off it before. And as I'm kind of rocking over and grabbing not much, I was like, yep, this is awesome. You've done it, dude. Swing a leg over. I've got two hands over. I'm up to my waist over the top and just go, you're bloody awesome. You've just done this. And it was the first descent. <laughs> and I just go to swing my leg onto the hold and push up to do the final mantle. I didn't place my foot properly. It stood on air. And that inertia of the leg just pushing against nothing swung me off the cliff. I grazed <laughs> in my entire side, came hurtling off the top of the route. My rope wasn't long enough. And I'd skipped a lot of draws. So I ended up probably taking about a 20 meter fall, which is what, like (laughs) 60 feet or something or more, Mm -hmm. Um, dangling in the air, pumped out of my brains and um, couldn't couldn't bounce up because my arms were so pumped and couldn't get lowered to the ground because the rope was too short. (laughs) Yeah, that's time to reflect. I had time to reflect. So uh, I, I think a lot of people have probably been there before where they have, um, they've gotten to that section of climbing where they shouldn't come off. Like they, totally should not come off that bit. Mm-hmm. That route and, has the start move. You have to jump from a rock onto the cliff like a cat. 
Imagine a cat <laughs> jumping onto like a tree with its, its proper parkour. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's. I think that um, yeah, you you get out of being in the red point headspace. Like, cool, it's all yeah. over. It's like you're it celebrating over until it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, getting out of that headspace is <clears throat> detrimental sometimes. Um, and I've I've done that several times in the past as well. Like since then, I've not learnt that lesson where I've gone, oh, yeah, thanks for coming. <laughs> like in, and, the, in the compact Like in, at the Olympic the week- qualifiers, <laughs> that happened, going for the last move. You're kidding and, me. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you've done it. There's a great, I, I great go, photo of Tom on the Go for the hold move. and my foot pops because I didn't concentrate on making it happen. And it's just, it's a lesson. And I think that there's, there's that saying, um, in life, like you go for something and you either get what you want or learn the lesson that you need. And I think that that's a pretty, pretty true thing. And if you're lucky enough, you can get the lesson out of um, when you succeed as well. Mm. You can reflect back because I think that's probably something that a lot of us don't do is reflecting back when we do do well. Yeah, It's really easy to kind of look at the things we've done wrong and go, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have done this. But you can look at the things that led to success as well. Absolutely. And try and implement some of them. Your foot often does pop off things. So why do you keep having to relearn that lesson? <laughs> you have to work on this footwork, Tom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone will be watching you for the Olympics now. Another podcast, yeah. <laughs> Amanda, are you are you an early celebrator? No. Oh, look, I have been definitely. I'm trying to think about um, about a red point. Well, I ask because I, I often see people do that where they're like celebrating and still topping out. Mm. And I and I wish I could do that because it looks cool. Mm. But there's no way I can. I'm like in I'm in super focus mode because I don't want to blow it. Well, I'm, I'm a preparer, you know, I'm a preparer for the worst mm-hmm. um, to the annoyance of close friends, I think. Because <laughs> I, well, it's, it feels comfortable for me. But I have a contingency plan generally for everything. Yeah. You know, I'm, Tom's like, um, I'll say, what, what's happening for this particular thing? And he's like, what? We'll work that out when we get there. And I'm like, but I've already got four plans, you know. Right, right. A doesn't work, B. So I think <clears> when it comes to red pointing, until if I guess if it's a quick one, you know, if it's an onside or in the first few goes, then maybe. But um, but I know that that red point, uh, that uh, nervousness can come in two moves from the top when you're on the jugs, mm. and you can slip off. I've seen so many people slip off the top hold, so I think no, I would say I'm not an early celebrator. If this may be one of the most heartbreaking early celebration stories anyone will ever hear, it's a little known fact. Um, the Polish climber, Peter Schaub, I'm never sure of how to pronounce his name, but he's brutally good as a climber. He's climbed, what, like 36, 37. He just onsided. Don't talk in Australian grades. They get annoyed. Oh, so like, <laughs> no, do it. Make, yeah. make the US climbers do the conversion. So he's climbed 9A plus and 9B, um, 15, whatever, in your speak. Um, he, he was trying biography at Seuss got to the victory jug everyone celebrates there 
he's yahooing, the whole cliff's yahooing. He does, continues up the grade, I was going to say 23, but it's like 7A, so like 11 something. 11D. Yeah. And slips. Oh, no. I see people celebrate on that route, though. And I mean, you're like. How about that, everyone? Imagine (laughs) falling off after the victory jug on biography. He came back the previous year and, or the next year and did it. But um, it happens to the best of us. And absolutely does. Yeah. I I think that we've we've all got to learn that lesson. Um, And it's not necessarily celebrating too early. It's. I guess punting is kind of switching off, really, isn't it? It's switching off from that. Yeah, any space. any sort of mistake that you really could have avoided, I think, is you know, is a ultimately what causes you to punt. Yeah. Um, if it's a, you know, if it's a a thing that you're learning from, you can you can absolutely learn from a punt, and you should learn from a punt. Then all is not lost. But there are some punts like you know, rocking over the top of a first ascent and just falling into space when you shouldn't have, that maybe there's not a lesson other than, wow, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> you should never do that for your partner's sake. <clears throat> How yeah. did you end up getting down? I'm curious now. Uh, I had to wait until my arms were unpumped <laughs> so I could bounce. And you back were on belay, Amanda? I don't remember. Was I on belay? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've blocked it from my memory because I think... <laughs> There's several ones that she's blocked from memory. Tom can be quite expressive um, when he falls off in that sort of way. And he's explained to me that, um, you know, um, to make a gross generalisation, um, you know, boys' brains at the cliff when they're falling off can be very expressive and loud and sweary, but then it ends when they hit mm-hmm. the ground or, you know, that's it. For um, for me and some of my girlfriends, because I won't overgeneralise, um, we can be more broody perhaps, <laughs> hold on mm-hmm. to it for a couple of days <clears throat> or maybe weeks. So, yeah, but the impact of his yelling can then affect me for a couple of days. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we have to discuss it on the way out of the cliff. But I'm all checked. So it's it's to your benefit then to help Tom learn from his punts. Oh, but I've got to be so careful. <laughs> like he did the same thing and we had um, a boulder comp we went up to Queensland State titles on the weekend. And, I mean, do you call this a punt? He's In, in those comps you need to kind of try and flash. He's practising for the Olympics. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's competing against Adam Ondra and Alex Negos and everyone else soon. So there will be Mm -hmm. no space for punting then. And um, flashes this problem but forgets the side walls in. And so it's kind of like trying to use some part of a hold that's dual text that's not really going to work. Has his second attempt and forgets his sequence and misses like a key foot. Yeah. I'm going to call that a check mark in the punt category. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, in improper <laughs> route viewing, improper <clears throat> reflection on what was just successful, and then uh, getting it third go when it should have been flash. So I guess uh, probably this is part of what needs to be discussed for a second is um, how much information does a partner give about a punt and what time frame for discussion of that punt is appropriate. Boy, that's a whole other podcast, <laughs> podcast. series that needs to happen. Relationships at <laughs> the cliff. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I think, uh, yeah, it's probably a good thing though, is like 
that reflection. And sometimes you can't mm-hmm. see it yourself and you rely on your climbing partners to have a coaching role <laughs> <laughs> to, um, yeah, talk about it and be open to le- learning and listening to what other people have to say. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I know you guys have a busy day. You are champions for doing this at 6.30 a.m. your time so that you can fit in training and all of the other things you need to fit in. Um, so I appreciate you being here so much. I'm really looking forward to the next time I get to see both of your faces in person. Hopefully it's in Lander pulling on some wild iris pockets. Mm. Yeah, come come whenever you are allowed to. Yeah, be awesome. <laughs> or you could send the private jet to get us. Oh yeah, the power company private jet. I'll yep. I'll send that right over. Kanye's got it at the moment. <clears throat> and if anybody out there is in Australia, wants the book baffleddays.au, is that right? dot com dot au. It is dot com dot au. Okay. Yep. Yep, we've got uh, we've got them in stock, and uh, you won't need to pay international shipping. It's only a few bucks yep. to send it around the country. So, yeah, awesome. it'll be packaged by an Olympian. Yeah, <laughs> extra bonus. Yep. We don't we don't offer that here in the US. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe some of the people in the US will want one of ours then. Yeah, it's we'll certainly it possible. Over. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. All right, thank you both. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate it, mate. Talk to you soon. Tomorrow, train wreck. Five ways to derail your training. We don't tweet. We scream like eagles.